I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast, assuming you were here before. Uh, I am joined by Mike Breeling, Ben Spring and Austin Schieffer this week. And we are going to dive into the Rivian and Lucid stories that came up recently. Some of the executive exclusive first drives. Um, we're going to talk about the Mercedes late game EV moves. And we're going to wish upon a foreign car. So let's jump right in really quick with kind of what we've been driving or doing. Um, uh, you guys said you've been taking the Lexus actually off-road. Which, by the way, you need to tell Austin a little bit about this Lexus because I mean I've told him a bit. He's <laughs> I've, just I've heard rumblings and I've been daydreaming already. So yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> well, it is. It lives up to the dream. I will say um, we picked up a 05 Lexus GX with a relatively low miles, fairly clean car, and I uh, just felt like we needed to live out our overlanding fantasies a little bit with it. So all we've done at this point is tires. And it is uh, amazingly capable at this point, actually. I was a little shocked at how far we got it down some of the trails. And uh, so were the people on those trails, which is always exciting to sure. uh, run a corner and have some confused looks. It's like, is that a soccer mom who got lost on the way to the game or something? So when you say relatively low miles, because I've, I've heard a lot of great things about the GX, looked into them pretty extensively. But it seems like the lowest mileage example you can find is like 230,000 miles. <laughs> well, we're a lot lower than that. I can assure you. Uh, awesome. We're, we're at, we bought it with a, like 68,600 wow. miles on it. That might One actually owner. be the lowest example I have ever seen. Of, like, <laughs> especially possible. for the year. Yeah, for DFW, I, the lowest I've seen is like 130, 140. Um, and most of them are upwards of 200. That's insane. That's incredibly low. Oh, oh it yeah. sounds like when that when that when this car, this uh, Lexus, is at idle, just sitting there running, we can barely tell that it's running. It's amazing how smooth that V8 motor is. It's, it's the One UZ, I think, is the Toyota V8 that's in there. That's like supposedly bulletproof, which 
That's what everyone tells us. <laughs> I've yeah, never done it's my like own one of the most reliable start. motors ever made. Does yours still have the air suspension in it? It does. Yes, it does. I spent a whole day on the ground getting dirty fixing it because the <laughs> sensors <laughs> were. Yeah, uh, I posted some photos. The the sensors had some corrosion inside of them, so they didn't know what height they were at, and they kept going either all the way up or all the way down. Neither of which is <laughs> ideal while on the road. So, a hundred dollars later and a very sore back and lots of dirt in my face. Yeah, fixed it. I've heard that that's kind of the the first thing that usually goes when people do full over land builds is they just get rid of that air suspension because I have heard it's finicky, uh, especially it, with age, as most air suspension systems can be. I have to say, for uh, the least reliable part of the car, that all works, though. And, you know, it was just a sensor, you know, which is relatively, I mean, our car is a northern car, so there's a little rust to deal with. Nothing major just makes doing that work a little harder because of the spot they're at. You can't really put much force on those bolts easily. So that was the biggest challenge. But the rest of the, it doesn't have any leaks, it, you know, you know, simple system. So, I, I mean, the self-leveling and just the ability to hit a button and lower that rear down to make uh, putting things in and out the back easier is, I think, worth it for now, at least. But if it were to be a headache, then I would probably go with the change route. That's awesome. And I saw, is it, I have some latest gen forerunner wheels on it currently? <laughs> it yes. does. So the factory uh, tires on it were also a little corroded uh, just due to some salt that they would use in the mid, like the middle uh, in Maryland, I guess, is where this car came from. So we found a new set of wheels and the newer gen forerunner uh, 17 inch stock like sr5 wheels bolt right up to this mm -hmm. and these wheels are basically brand new and we got a fantastic deal off facebook marketplace 250 bucks i hope it's a good yeah. deal wow <laughs> is that with tires or just the wheels just the wheels. that was just the wheels yeah i was gonna say because i wouldn't be shocked if you could find like a brand new set of like stock forerunner wheels and tires because i feel like <laughs> the first thing everybody does Everyone takes them off, runners, yeah. they just take them off yeah. and throw like the biggest set they can possibly fit on there well yeah, that, that is that's a hell of a deal that might be the next uh upgrade on this car as well apparently uh forerunner trd pro running boards bolt right up too which gives you a little really? more ground clearance so i'll look for some of those someone's taken off of their car and uh yeah it's, it's it like finding go. stock Jeep Wrangler wheels. There's just got to be a surplus <laughs> of them. You know? Yeah. So, so I think these, all the parts um, will be cheap. These photos that you're looking at, as we went to the Uwari uh, National Park here in North Carolina, it's about an hour and a half from where we live in Raleigh. And uh, yeah, it, this car performed amazing. Uh, basically just all-terrain tires and that's it. Um, the running boards were the biggest hindrance because I was out spotting Ben as he would drive this car through some of the obstacles. But we got to one section after climbing up this pretty steep hill with a lot of boulders and rocks. It was almost rock crawling all the way up. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of loose the, big rocks, which was tough. There was probably about six or seven Jeep Wrangler owners up top. And they're like, oh, that's pretty impressive seeing the Lexus up here. Yeah, like a barely, <laughs> barely mod Lexus. Yeah. Are the, uh, is the bumper? I mean, I would say it's basically stock. I mean, it just yeah, has just tires. tires. The wheels yeah. were more cosmetic than anything. They're, <laughs> they're uh, half an inch narrower, yeah. but we're running the same yep. size tire. 
did you notice any issues with like approach and departure angle with the stock bumper? Because I feel like a lot yes. of the modified ones that I've seen have either just cut bumpers or um, aftermarket. I, I didn't know if that was aesthetics or if that does uh, cause any issues. It uh, well, it's both. Definitely aesthetics would be cool to have a steel bumper yeah. for. Um, <laughs> the, the front doesn't have air suspension, so it sits a bit lower. I think an inch and a half like spacer to the front suspension would really just make it perfect. I don't think we'd have issues then. Um, so but I can really, see why if you're doing more rock crawling, you'd want uh, better approaching because we we were careful to not smash it into stuff. But there's certain lines that I could not take that we had to be slightly aware of. Yeah, the biggest issue really was those factory running boards. Um, we actually did push one up slightly at one point. Um, it popped back into place because it was just the plastic that got misshapen over a rock. But without those running boards, or if we put about an inch or half an inch lift on the front end itself with the rear raised to its max height, we probably wouldn't ha have had those issues. Um but overall, I, Ben and I both were extremely impressed it's with incredible. how capable this car is just out of the box because we only put all-terrain tires on it. That's pretty much it. Everything else about the car is completely factory. That so is the fact so that, cool. Yeah, I mean, that the land cruiserness of it really comes through when you're using it in an environment, uh, as you can see in this photo here. Uh, the low range worked perfect. The center lock diff was easy to was easy engaged disengaged. There was nothing wrong with it. There's no grinding going in and out of low or four low to four high. Um, it was pretty incredible, and we had air conditioning, leather seats. It was quiet on the way there, quiet on the way back. Uh, pretty pretty mind boggling. It really honest. seemed like the ultimate budget off roader. Um, just mm -hmm. from everything I've seen, I hear people talking about, oh, I want a Forerunner, oh, I want an FJ. Yeah. But I'm just like, you could get. It might be a little older. It might have might not have the latest tech, but like you said, it's a Lexus. So it's you very well Forerunner. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's basically a, a well optioned Forerunner. Like you can only get it with leather, and they all come four wheel drive with the center locking diff and all that good stuff. Well, that's really cool. I glad you guys could uh, elaborate a little bit and. Uh, cater to yeah. my fandom. I think we may have to uh, <laughs> take it up to uh, Colorado and do it as much on dirt as possible or something because uh, I really had a good time in it. And it's this is the first uh, off-road vehicle I've had with a solid rear axle. And that makes a big difference. I mean, you know, a lot of my off-road experience was in cars that had independent suspension all around, you know, Land Rovers, things like that. And, uh, you know, they'll go places, but there are certain situations where the front of this car, which has uh, independent front suspension, you know, you'd struggle a little bit with the front getting through an obstacle, and then the back would just, as if there wasn't even a bump or something, you know, because it would just flex <laughs> enough to go through it, which is kind of sort of weird the first few times. It felt like you must have, like, cut it sharper, and then the wheels didn't take the same pass. You almost look back and go, oh, yeah, I did do that. The wheel's just up in the wheel well at, you know, 45-degree <laughs> angle. You should absolutely bring it out here. Austin will meet you guys out here, and we'll do a podcast from the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and, and Alexis, and it'll still be like an inverter and everything. We're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it'll still be studio uh, quiet inside the Lexus. We can we could do yeah. it at eighty miles an hour and be studio quiet. <laughs> oh, it's trails. it's quieter than Ben's Model Three for sure. It's better, but like, there's no. Fortunately, still, fifteen years later, I'm not incredibly shocked by that with my experience <laughs> with those vehicles. But um, so. I can't so, tell if that's a compliment to Lexus or a, a dig at Tesla. 
I don't know anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it was a little upsetting it... to drive it and then realize on roads where there were certain little frequency vibrations in my Model 3 that that car, which is from 05, doesn't have any. <laughs> kind of disappointing, <laughs> honestly. Wow. Well, I uh, speaking of Model 3s, I have Kyle's. Um, and yeah, there's there's some major noises, mostly because <laughs> of the front upper control arms. He has that. I was going to say, you have Kyle's, so there's definitely noises. That's, <laughs> I have, that might not be representative of most Model 3s, I would think. Well, do you want to see it? So, so I'm going to, yeah, 92,000 miles, the upper control arms, I think both. Timon and Kyle said just the right one, but I, I can hear it in both. They're both squeaking really bad. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, it is fun. I think it's objectively a great car, but I'm also going to clean it. <laughs> Here's, oh, uh, yes. well, yeah. So that's the center console. Um, that's yeah. You just put that, Kyle on blast on the, the whole yeah. podcast. Man. He's in Europe. He can we even... take bets on how he's not going to watch this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> your car is dirty. <laughs> yeah. This, I didn't even take pictures of the outside. I should have done that, but yeah, this is a, uh, this is an example of what the whole thing looks like. So pretty fun. That, that piano black was just a mistake, though. It yeah. looks like that, that every day in the showroom. <laughs> Literally the worst decision ever. But that, piano black in any horror. Yeah. That well, they, walked, they walked it back. So they admit it. They admit it. They know. <laughs> yeah. Piano black on anything but a piano is a mistake. That coin in the cup holder is either cemented or glued. I can't get it out. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> so th this is uh, might come as a shock, but there was a time um, that Kyle was one of the foremost car detailing, uh, you know, nerds. Everything, you know, like paint, all of that. Like he would be the person yeah. to have the cleanest and clean a car, and you know, handle all that stuff himself. Keyword was was, <laughs> was. was. yeah <laughs> at a time. That's when when you have free time, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've been driving it. I mean, only for a day now, but um, thoroughly enjoying it. It's it is so coming from my Miata. I'm like, wow, this is the quietest, smoothest ride on the highway I could possibly imagine. So <laughs> now I really want to experience a Lexus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even with our all-terrain tires, it's still pretty quiet. Uh, yeah. So, but I have been taken to some trails. I also have once again the uh, Zero motorcycle, which oh, um, cool. is. One of the best ways to experience Colorado trails, I think. It is breathtaking. I mean, it's so quiet, extremely smooth, fully adjustable suspension on the fly. Um, so I can go full, like, full hard on the road and then full soft on the trail if I want. Um, this was actually a little while ago when I camped with Kyle. He had his Winnebago and I had the Zero. I actually camped. I fit everything in the Zero luggage boxes. That's really um, cool. Tent, That's sleeping so cool. bag, hammock. A bunch of beer, a bunch of coffee supplies. <laughs> it was ready. camping essentials, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. everything you need for a good time. Beer and coffee. <laughs> maybe a, maybe a small tent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this, but these are the trails like we could take your Lexus on if you come out here. So uh, come oh, on definitely. out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how far we can get there. Well, you know, just the other night, I was, I felt, I don't know why, the day after we went off in the Lexus, I'm like, I need to drive this thing. To, uh, the Arctic Circle was the goal in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> I realized that you have to realistically to drive into the Arctic Circle of North America, go to Alaska, which is the other side of the country. So now we're looking at like Labrador, Newfoundland areas of Canada, just because I really want to yeah. go yeah, somewhere I mean, remote and see nothing at all. 
<laughs> we uh we looked at you no know, driving out to Colorado or driving to uh, Nova Scotia, which Nova Scotia is a lot closer than Colorado <laughs> to where we live. Yeah. Um, but we still plan to drive out to Colorado. I think there's some amazing views and trails to drive out there. I mean, Black Bear Pass, I know a lot of people have done. I don't think we could do it in the setup that we have here. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing uh, Black Bear Pass. But definitely something. <laughs> I mean, ben and I just both viewed some amazing views from people who brought their Lexus GX470s on Black Bear Pass pretty recently, and it's pretty incredible. Wow. Well, um, <clears throat> yeah, come on out. Let's switch gears to the news really quick. Um, Cause as, I mean, this was, I guess, technically last week, but some of the big news in the automotive world was the fact that Motor Trend and only Motor Trend got access to the Lucid Air and the Rivian R1T. Um, let's take a quick look here. This is the Lucid Air Dream Edition R. R is just a letter thrown around all over the automotive industry. Um, <laughs> There's a rant in there somewhere, especially, well, actually, more so sport. This is a rant for another podcast, maybe, but the term sport has been destroyed. I, I can't stand when things are called sport anymore. R in this case means range, correct? Mm hmm. So not performance, this which is not is the, the P. fast one. This is the, this is the long one. Yeah. So it's, you got to kind of relearn. But um, yeah, a lot of horsepower. So I guess. The R is ranged in almost a thousand horsepower. It's not even the performance one. Performance <laughs> one is one thousand one hundred eleven horsepower, which is pretty insane, and still has a range of four hundred fifty miles. So the R has what a range of five hundred miles? Yeah, more I than think that. Somewhere around there. So pretty, pretty ridiculous. I, I like how they do compare it to Lamborghini, because um, I wish Kyle was here just to rant because it's. It, yeah, like if you focus on horsepower numbers, sure. But like you drive this and you drive a Lamborghini, this will give you that wow factor of like throwing your head into the armrest and then going to the chiropractor the next day. Lamborghini is just like a sound stage. It's like better than Mozart. So I don't know. It's different, but pretty I like it. interesting. What What do you guys think of design? Like we've seen photos for a while, but what, what do you think of the design of Lucid? We haven't actually talked about it on the podcast yet. I think they've got the coolest headlight unibrow ever. <laughs> I mean that in like a good way. I know that, but because I all I see is it as like a unibrow thing. But um, it look actually is a design that should look bad. That looks extremely good. Um, I don't love the trunk. I have a really big issue with the trunk because it's say, one of those things where it opens yeah. up and the tail lights come with it. So, and I know it's more practical, and I know why they did it. But I just have a. It's like an SUV. It, it, it looks like it's a sliced open when the, it's open. The I, it should just be it, a hatch in my mind. Yeah, the back end. I understand end of it what they're going like, for. It looks like a Lincoln, uh, MK, MK. Oh no, MK, a little, yeah. MKC. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the, MK, the smaller SUV. Yeah. It looks like oh. a, a just a pancaked MKC trunk. I, the rear of this car is what I'm most concerned about. Because in wow, pictures, that, I don't know how I feel. It's incredible, though. It's very large. Yeah. It's extremely large. But I don't know. I know the interior is probably my favorite part of just mm -hmm. the styling and, and how spacious and roomy it is. But the profile and the back side of the car, I'm a little bit concerned because I don't know. Like you said, Ben, I almost think they should have just done like a true hatch 
because I don't know. It's just it's a, the proportions are a little bit strange for like a luxury sedan, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the rear is the part that I have the biggest issue with of this car, uh, mainly because it's like a Buick Cascada, like everything just rises up in the back. And I think it's just going to look like that line right there going down the the quarter panel around the deck lid. That's uh, I'm not sure about that. I think they could have just done that a little better. Um, but I agree with you, Austin. I, I'm most excited about the interior of this car. I think mm. that's where you're going to get your money's worth. And it's a lot of money. I mean, this is like a $150,000 plus car, I believe. Something, something yeah. like that. Um, so I'm pretty excited. The fact that in this first drive from this one magazine, that Apparently, it's very quiet. It's well-built. It's Mercedes S-Class level of construction, which we all know. We've all had experience with Model S's, and the Model S is not that. <laughs> you know, even the Plaid is better. not that. It is a lot better, but, you know, you can only go so far with some changes. You know, there are some structural things that I'm sure could contribute to a better and yeah. I do agree with the writer about that. They didn't go like screen heavy. I like how they have their screen separated. It's very Porsche Taycan-ish, um, which I'm a big fan of. I think they Porsche nailed that interior design with that car. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to start seeing these on the road and hopefully, you know, we can each get our hands on one. That would be very cool uh, in the near future. The steering wheel looks upside down to me, but other than that, like... <laughs> It's it's definitely I, I really just hate the lump in the middle of the steering wheel where you know most likely the airbag is, um, mm. but otherwise it looks like great choice of materials. Like it reminds me of Volvo a little bit, um, and I'm I'm excited to like be in one and like feel one if that makes sense. <laughs> the interior styling to me is a cross between like Volvo as far as material choice and layout um and also that mercedes look as well um which are just a heavy compliment because both of those interiors are quite nice places to be oh yeah um mm -hmm. as far as exterior i don't know how much we complimented it comparing it to a lincoln and a buick but um <laughs> uh yeah no i i agree jordan i think getting to much like the rivian i'm very intrigued to see because rivian has almost a similar palette uh as far as the material colors and um, what look to be textures mm -hmm. and I'm very curious as to how this and how the Rivian interior is going to actually like feel as far as like that does it have the typical German like they always talk about the, the door thud does it feel really strong and structural and um, I don't know well built like the Lexus or does it feel like a Model 3 where some things rattle when you shut the door sometimes you know yeah, I, I think it's really easy, and I just kind of realized this as we're looking at it. It's very easy for us to say things we'd like them to change because we have no bearing in the uh, engineering side. But can you think of a uh, luxury sedan right now that you'd rather have? Because I don't think I can. That's like a especially point. if I exclude the hatchback thing. So like yes. Model S hatchback, Panamera, they're kind of a little weird in that respect. Um, if I exclude those. And actually, I'd take the Lucid over Panamera because the charging capabilities and range seems really impressive. Um, yeah, like nice. it's what the S class, similar vehicles like that. None of them tend to, you know, A8. None of those are really exciting in any way. The the Lucid's kind of really fresh and exciting. It has a really nice personality to it. I think. 
I think yeah. my gripes on the exterior could be very quickly made up, like you said, with range and with the interior, because that's where mm -hmm. you're sitting and, and that's the usability of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think from the front and from like most angles, it looks good. So yeah, I agree, Ben. That's a really good point. 924 volt architecture. That's pretty insane. Because the, what, the Tycon is 800 volt? Correct. And Tesla's yeah. are 400 volt. Mm -hmm. So like Lucid's definitely reaching, like that's their thing. It's like every EV company has their thing that like they can use as a marketing term. And for them, it's like, we have the range and with the range, you have to have the charging capability. Like if they had used mm -hmm. 400 volt or just mediocre charging and be like, yeah, you can go forever and then sit around forever while it charges that giant battery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the author of that article on Lucid said range anxiety is no longer a thing uh, once this car gets out there. Just the fact that it can go so far um, over 400 miles at least. Uh, yeah. on a single charge is pretty incredible. I mean, that's equivalent, if not better, than a lot of gas cars out there. Or it's certainly cars. farther than that Lexus of ours. I think it's got yeah. a 280-mile range on a 25-gallon tank or something. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it's very It's got expensive. less range than my Model 3. <laughs> Jeez. Well, let's also look at the Rivian then, um, because this is one, I mean, we've talked on the podcast, what, episode three or four, was our drooling over Rivian episode. It's like the um, whole yes. episode just dedicated to <laughs> We're big Rivian fans, but I think not driven one. So yeah, this was a really fun article and there were a few videos they did as well. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, it, it is very interesting that Motor Trend was the outlet of choice and I don't know why. It's interesting that they only really gave it to one outlet, which could speak to like, they just had limitations with time or capacity. It's, it is a lot to organize to give vehicles to a bunch of different journalists. They may have not had enough prototypes to give to enough journalists to have the equity of saying like everyone gets the same embargo date. So there's a lot of things that could have gone into it. I know Kyle's speculation was um, it was just like, you know, they gave it to one outlet that they knew would probably give them good marks because um, Rivian with the IPO and everything, they have a lot in like hanging in the balance right now and they're about to go to market they're about to do their first deliveries coming up pretty soon here so they have a lot to gain but also a lot to lose like if they had done a bunch of first initial journalist pieces they could have gotten some bad press like it's a time where you don't want bad press so maybe this felt kind of safe what do you guys think yeah, of this yeah i think they've done a very good job of controlling the narrative surrounding their product. We've seen them kind of be very open about what their targets and goals were. And then not a whole lot of talk, not a whole lot of hyping up, just working towards those, you know, getting the product to where it needs to be, developing it. And it's, it's uh, you know, especially coming from the Tesla world of things where there's all this rumor mill and just like the pot's always boiling with speculation based off of stuff. It was kind of interesting. I felt almost bored with Rivian and I know they're not even out yet. Because, well, everything was kind of up front and you just now have to wait for it. And I think that's sort of their approach is instead of making the biggest fuss, have a very controlled you know, story about the vehicle and a very controlled you know, bit of press. So I think they're giving it to people who they thought were going to offer a cool idea like Trans-American uh, Highway or something like that. And, uh, or not Highway, Trans-American Trail, whatever it's called, yeah. uh, which is what Motor Trend did with it. Yeah, I... <laughs> 
I mean, it just looks so good. It's, I just love looking at photos of it. I loved, like, I feel like the long way up that show we talked about was the focus was mm -hmm. the motorcycles, but I was just so focused on the Rivian. Uh, <laughs> so these motorcycles are cool, but can you pan the camera left? There's an electric pickup yeah. truck, please. <laughs> so what's funny is Ben and I have both kind of adjusted our uh, perfect Rivian from the truck back to the SUV after yeah. owning the Lexus. Yeah, uh, we both <laughs> it's incredible. Both yeah, <laughs> even though we don't, we, we still agree the truck definitely looks better, the R1T. Um, but we both feel the usability of the R1S is going to be greater if you want to camp in your car. And Which at least I'm just not an outdoor person. So, and it has mm -hmm. a shorter, I think, believe it's going to have a little bit of a shorter wheelbase uh, it because does. it's only available and with shorter the shorter yep, mm -hmm. range battery so off-road it might even be a little better um, oh i think it will do better no question i i after taking the lexus off-road the thing i stuck with was breakover angle i want a better break breakover <laughs> angle uh and approaching departure angle which is a, the approach angle is about the same on both i imagine but the departure angle in the truck you can kind of see is going to be a little more compromised it's crazy that the ground clearance can extend to 14.4 inches which is considerably higher than the jeep i just had the rubicon mm -hmm. of all things i mean i think that's higher than the new defender i think the yeah. new defender is 12 <laughs> inches. 13 on, on extended yeah. mode. now crazy. um as a uh seasoned off-roader i now feel like i'm allowed to talk about the benefits of a solid axle versus independent <laughs> suspension um and one thing you notice at least in like range rover land rover defender whatever those products that jlr produces that are offered with the air suspension is you do get great clearance but when you go over these obstacles, uh, you do lack an articulation because of that. And um, I think what really is interesting is that on the um, Lexus, for instance, with the solder axle, no matter what your suspension is doing, you always have the same height in the middle of the vehicle, you know, where the differential is to the ground, basically, you know, if it's assuming a flat surface. Whereas in a vehicle with independent suspension, one's going to compress like this, the other's going to stay in position. And now your your differential or the bottom of your drivetrain or subframe is closer to the ground as a result, and that is something that could make a difference off-roading. And you know, to achieve that height, you're inflating these airbags to a much higher pressure, so you're not going to experience this supple or smooth ride in that height that you might get out of something uh, more conventionally sprung. But it still looks awesome, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah I. Uh, It'd be so easy to camp in the R1S. You're right. Like it's long, plenty long enough. I, I can't wait mm -hmm. to. So much of the focus has been on the R1T, and selfishly, I'm fine with that. But yep. the R1S is really interesting. And I was actually getting lunch with someone today who is, he's like, yes. I mean, not really a car guy, but he's like, you know, I have my like, I I have my heart set on an electric SUV. Let me know when one's out. And I was like, I sent him the link. <laughs> I was like, got one coming. <laughs> you like, get on the list. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I will say watching the videos, it was really funny um, to see their gripes on the certain aspects of the car. It said the interior was a little bit touchscreen heavy, and they said that the they were upset because the steering wheel controls served more than one purpose. And I was like, wonder where I've heard those comments before. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're unfamiliar, Model Three um, was kind of the first one to have like multi-functioning steering wheel controls and i actually grew to really love it 
And as somebody who explained the steering wheel controls to probably about a thousand different people, um, a lot of people got used to it very quickly. And a lot of people also really came to enjoy the lack of buttons. Um, so I don't know. I, I felt like they were kind of trying to find something to nitpick because they liked it so much, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just me. Yeah. They had to throw something in there to sound, you know, neutral. <laughs> uh, so the comment they made about the menus being too, like too many things were too deep in the menus that would really bother me, but that is also resolvable via software at some point. And like what car manufacturer has perfect software on their first get go anyways. So uh it's yeah <laughs> i would have I mean, to yeah, guess that their interface is going to be more user-friendly than a lot of other vehicles on the market because if you get it just like a kia it's kind of complicated now and there's a lot of menus or it, god forbid what is it uh i was in a 2021 honda accord and i was oh, yeah. i thought that infotainment system was just how are you going to sell that to someone over the age of 25 i, uh, I was struggling <laughs> i never touched it the honda accord i had I had like the hybrid and I just left it on like wireless Apple CarPlay and never, <laughs> never exited. When it did exit CarPlay, I like freaked out, didn't know what to do. Shut the car off. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off, back on again. It'll fix it. I'm an IT guy. Yeah. I do hope Bervian does have wireless Apple CarPlay and wireless Android Auto, but let's look at that key. First of all, it's How's like cool? a it's beaner. It's beaner. I bet I could climb. That's yeah. very cool. That's very cool. <laughs> like it'd that be, is so cool. It'd be so cool and like funny, quirky if they had a carabiner like key. So for those of you listening, the key is like kind of like a carabiner with like almost like the normal key nestled inside it with the loop part of the loop extending from it. Um, it'd be so funny if on the back it had small letters that said rated for climbing, whereas like a lot of those cheap carabiners <laughs> stay not rated oh, yeah. for climbing. Yeah. <laughs> That would actually be a really cool touch. That would be an incredible flex to go climbing with your Rivian <laughs> key as your carabiner. That would be I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be insane. So you know, the other big thing is like the gear tunnel, which is awesome to see. And also that there's access to it from say, the rear cabin. I didn't realize there was access to the gear tunnel through the armrest in the rear, and that is very cool to me. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I just love everything about this, the interior styling. And something else I noted in the video was the attention to detail of like even the back seats feeling premium and nice because so many cars I get in, like the focus is entirely on the driver. And then the back row is just like, oh yeah, shoot, we got to throw some stuff back there. Let's just like even like door materials on the back are usually abysmal versus the Rivian, like still kept the same materials and look and feel throughout the whole cabin mm -hmm. yeah i mean it, it's uh especially when you're in these uh, evs are interesting because the cost cutting that needs to be done to hit a target price might be tougher than a gas car because i mean the there's a lot of expensive componentry in it and you know it, it's gonna be more obvious if you cut costs in a way that makes uh, the experience worse because it's probably going to be on the interior or on the build quality or on the functionality or design versus, yeah. you know, oh, well, we just use cheaper metal for an exhaust or, <laughs> you know, something kind of smaller like that where you could be, uh, you know, absorbed in, you know, things that aren't seen as easily. Yeah. Uh, their headlights are still the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and actually, even their like OEM wheels. I like the design of, I mean, Austin knows I'm a good. sucker for the split five spoke, um, but it's, yeah, they just, 
they've done it so well. I'm excited to see one in person. And yeah, actually really excited to see the R1S. And it's probably going to be just beyond spacious. Like, I can't even imagine. So, because like, what, what else is there as a electric SUV? It's really just Model X, which is borderline like SUV in some ways. I mean, it is a big boy. It's, it's thick, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's not like full box SUV like you can no. Um, it's still fairly capable, um, mm -hmm. but I recently saw a photo of a Model X next to an R1T, and I was shocked at how <laughs> big the R1T is. Uh, it actually almost turned me off a little bit. I was like, oh, that's a really big vehicle. I don't know. See if you can find that. You might. It might yeah, come up. I'll, I think I'll it was on Reddit. I just um, trucks have gotten so large. They really yeah. have. I was today. I was walking around my apartment complex and I saw a new Silverado next to like maybe a 2008 F-150, and the size difference in just those two vehicles was absurd. It's just I don't know. It's crazy. And yeah, we see it parked next to other trucks. Like oh, it's just a truck. But then yeah, when you see it compared to other vehicles, like oh, it's, it's quite large. Yeah, I mean, if you were if you look at a brand new. Uh, Super Duty F-150, I mean, they are gigantic. I mean, I think their grill starts like here, like at eye level or if not higher nowadays. And it's unbelievable just what even the F-150s are compared to 20 years ago, what an F-150 size pickup truck was. So I think that this Rivian R1T is probably actually smaller compared to a new pickup truck from a domestic brand, you know, Chevy or Ford. Um, I think it slots right in there probably with like a Ridgeline or something from what Around I understand. Around the Tacoma mm -hmm. sizing. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's only a four and a half foot bed, right? It's not a big yeah. bed. I think it's undersized. Yeah, it's the bed is. But so, yeah, I mean, compared to a Model S, it's, it looks pretty big. I think it wears its dimensions well and looks large. I just I just checked and it is only six inches longer than the Ranger, fourteen inches shorter than the F one fifty. Wow. And eight point wow. six inches narrower than the F one fifty. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well then wow. I do welcome the slightly smaller truck that yeah. this will be. I mean, I think I guess it's still a what it what is it, a half ton or truck or however it's got it's still Probably one of those, but yeah. yeah, something like that. It, it does ton. highlight how big is it quarter ton? I don't know how they do it. Um, uh, whatever a 1500 and a 150 means. Uh, but uh, it's kind of shocking how large, especially, I mean, this is very much a specific to the US thing in some cases. Um, I know other countries certainly have these large vehicles, but not in the way that you see them here. You know, Where I live, I think every, I don't know, maybe every fourth vehicle is something unnecessarily large, moving one person around and doing very little work generally. Um, yeah. It's kind of a safety concern now that you make me think about it. Like it's a nuclear <laughs> arms race to see who can have the highest hood level and not see what's in front of them or, or uh, run over the uh, opponents in an accident rather than have a safer collision. So still on the EV train, <clears throat> let's shift gears really quick to the Mercedes Benz EQB, which I, for some reason I hate the name. I don't <laughs> Oh. I just removed myself. <laughs> 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 this is, I guess, Mercedes. So it feels like Mercedes is kind of late to the game. I know last week we touched on the, let's see, Mercedes. I forget their super long name. Uh, 
but it was like gts e performance yeah <laughs> with a whopping seven miles of range so yes i don't even know Crazy. why electric Absurd. outlets are covering it but this is their like this is a full electric this is like the eqs but suv they're, they're going well, after it, the model y with this it feels like i think it's just isn't this just the glb with a front wheel drive electric motor that you can it, get in the gl a yeah i don't know GLB what that one's called. class crossover yeah so it's the yeah. glb but electric and then they put like a facelift and some cool wheels on it um i i wanted to chat about this because i think it's very interesting i actually really like the initial look of it with the facelift and the wheels i dig I agree. it i think it looks very good i don't like but the grill i, think I like the wheels though the wheels really set it off for me. I'm a sucker for multi-spoke, and if it's anything close to bronze, I love it. Um, <laughs> I think this has come up in previous podcasts, but everything that Mercedes have, has done in the electric uh, podcast, and it's funny because I was talking to Jordan about this prior to the show, about how I just feel like Mercedes is late to the game. And it's funny because he's like, yeah, we talked about that last podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it's cool and it is cool. I was actually shocked to see that they're going to have this in the United States because I feel like every cool thing that Mercedes does doesn't come here. Did they officially um, announce that actually? Yeah, yeah. So this is yep. the this broke, I think, this past week where it is confirmed mm-hmm. to uh, be in the US only in two trims. I think just the... 300 and the 350 yeah. which i think is front wheel drive or all wheel drive um oh good options so i think it's standard front wheel drive but you can option it as an all wheel drive if i remember correctly that's I good just, to know at least because i know the other offering I, I guess it's the what is it that because oh, they put a q in it so it's the <laughs> e, oh man it, it's the q l a no that's not right whatever it is they have a the a the GLA style hatchback with this powertrain. What is it like 65 kilowatt hour battery? And that one was front wheel drive only, which is like, eh, that's not super interesting, you know, because um, they're adapting it. But it's actually surprising they're able to adapt a ICE uh, platform to have such a large battery, whereas most things of this size are like the mini or the e-golf have what, 35 max, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 40 if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, this is 66.5. I'm not sure if that's usable or just gross, but I I don't like the grill, but I don't know what else they would do because that's like the Mercedes thing. Like you got to have mm-hmm. this shaped grill and you have to have two Mercedes badges in the front. Yeah. Like that's, just, I don't, there's to. no way around it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I, I like the front end and the wheels. I, I think it's a pretty uh, good looking little crossover, especially for an electric car. I think it will look, pretty cool i'm excited to see them over here um and hopefully that battery pack even if it's not all usable relates to something like around 200 or 180 miles of range Um, i'm sure most people will be able to beat that anyway since generally you can apart from teslas but uh do we want to put in our official guesses for the range epa (laughs) well they have on record because i'm ready to throw it in they said it. Um, I think they uh, they. Well, there's no EPA there. tested yet, right? Oh, or they're they're yeah they're assuming. So they have our, the our European... friends at our friends at Motor One are assuming 230 miles of range. I'll okay. say okay. 220. Yeah. It's optimistic 200. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I was going to say 200, but just to be different, I'll say like 190. I don't even know if it'll hit 200. <laughs> I like how we're but... just going down. We're just yeah. Like... 
<laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'll go two. Two twenty was my guess. Seeing them say two thirty seems a little optimistic with a two sixty mile WLTP because WLTP is really, really uh, generous as far as numbers mm-hmm. go. So like I think it's gonna be like two fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I stand corrected, uh, Ben. It is actually standard all wheel drive. Ooh, um, hey, there you so go. That's pretty cool. I think that that could make that's it cool. a little bit competitive because apparently people need all-wheel drive uh, these days. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, nice, it's nice to have in an EV at least. It, you yeah, know, that's, it's, that's just, it's usually not an issue in an EV. Usually, you have at least have an all-wheel drive offering. Yeah, um, front-wheel drive is terrible in an EV because then the front wheels just get eaten up because that's not exactly where the most of the weight is. So, yes. oh yeah. It's like it's like an so I three EV. If you're at all curious about why yeah. people drive in EVs, is not always the best combination. You can peel out with the front wheels spinning. It's great. <laughs> uh, By far the best burnouts ever. <laughs> <laughs> so one more piece of news I wanted to touch on. Um, I think it was one of our first podcasts where I just drooled over the Lotus Amira the whole time. Um, yes, and now we have the Lotus Amira GT4 race car which just made it even more gorgeous. I, yeah, I can't even handle Could it. Can I just um, say I'm getting, more heavy, I'm getting heavy Ford GT vibes from the yeah. headlights and the livery. Like and if, you kinda, if you kind of squint it a little bit, I, I don't know. It's like, looks like a stubby Ford GT. That's just, oh my gosh. It's not, <laughs> not an insult. That is a wonderful looking car. Yeah, I love this. And I'm a sucker for green. Like I've thought about maybe wrapping my Miata, and if I did, it would be green. So that was a very. Did you brief... just get a pop-up ad for the Lotus Ibera? Probably. <laughs> That's the most like optimistic marketing ever. Sorry, <laughs> Lotus. I love you guys, but haven't they seen my other know, searches, like... like Facebook Marketplace, looking for a used HomePod? Because I don't want to buy the full price one. <laughs> I thought you were about to say you're looking at Facebook Marketplace for a Lotus Amira. <laughs> I'd like to think Lotus is one of those companies, probably Morgan as well, that realistically does not need to like pay for advertising. The people who want that are going to seek it out because you know <laughs> you're never going to hit that. It's such a small demographic to aim for. Yeah, you're never just going to be like, honey, did you see the ad for the Lotus Amir? I think I want one. No, <laughs> it doesn't come up. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. Um, so I want to take a break from news and look at actually what Kyle's doing because he's been in Germany for, I guess, a little over a week. Um, yeah. and he's basically over there to drive everything we don't get, which is a lot of fun. I'm super jealous. Kyle and Timon are both there. Alyssa's heading there now. That's why I was able to pick up the Model 3 because no one's using it. Um, <laughs> so Kyle is, uh, this is a good chance to shout out our YouTube channel, um, not just the podcast channel, but we also have out of spec reviews, which is where most everything Kyle's doing is showing up. He's spending time with the Volkswagen ID three, the Honda E, the is it Mocha or Maka? Does anyone know? I think it's Mocha. I always prefer, I always pronounce it the Mocha E. Like that just sounds better than Maka. In my I, yeah, I think it's, it's Maka. I'm gonna I, go with Maka. We'll check next podcast to use right. Yeah, phonetically, like it should be maca, but mocha is way more fun. It's, um, it's coffee, but it's yes. car. Yeah, it's super fun. He has a video, you know, of a 
basically his first time in the Honda E, which I thought was really intriguing because that's a car I wish we had, although it is pretty mm-hmm. low Major. range for the price. It's um, quite cool, though. But Very it's cool. awesomely retro. And his video actually... You know, it's it's one of those scenes where you know you're driving with GoPros in the car, just driving and talking about the car, which is, you know, sometimes boring. But he's in Germany, so like my eyes are glued to the screens, looking at all the <laughs> other cars he's looking at. He's like, oh, there's that RS2 wagon, and like just like drooling over normal traffic. Like it's it's really yeah. fun. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, the Kyle Honda was E is enamored with yeah. the Honda E. Yeah, I spoke to him today, and he said he's he loves that car. Hard yeah. not to, and you know the the Honda E I think brings up an interesting little like tiny detour we could take on conversation here, which is you know when everything goes electric, everyone's worried that it's going to have cars with no personality; they'll all just be boxes and they'll all feel the same. And what's going to separate them? But the Honda E is a very good case study and what makes it a deeply desirable, compelling product because everyone I've heard of who knows of this car, even if they're not super into cars, once they've seen it, they go, "Oh, it's adorable, and I want one." Doesn't matter if you're a car person or a normal person, it's the same reaction. Everyone like, you wanna have one. It's kind of got it's charming. It's very charming, I think. And it's got some neat little quirks and clever design. And I you know, it, it feels like its own thing amongst a sea of other electric boxes still. And maybe that's a good sign for the future of EVs that they're not all gonna just feel the same and blend together quite so much as we worry as and enthusiasts. It's perfect. Like EV architecture is the perfect thing to experiment with because you're not dealing with the issues of, okay, we got to work around the engine and the transmission areas because those are huge. And then the gas tank, like most EVs are kind of this skateboard sled, which gives you a blank slate above that on which to build your piece of art. Um, Granted, a lot of people have taken it a terrible direction, but, and a lot of people have focused too much on aerodynamics so it's almost like playing within the bounds of aerodynamics and um i guess just physics but still doing art which is really fun so you can do super creative things and you know the the big thing right now is kind of the retro modern which the honda e is fully embracing and things like the new bronco and even some of the new nissan products that are touching Mm -hmm. back to their retro roots that was famous for their old fans back then so i i'm excited to see where some people take it um i think the maka mocha e looks good but it's like the least intriguing of these three like kyle standing here with all three of those id3 looks wonderful and ben i think that's a great point i think that we're starting to see some car manufacturers not necessarily take risks but kind of have fun with their electric cars Mm -hmm. And um, the sad thing is, I think we're mostly seeing that for cars in the European market. Yeah, we're not it's seeing that, that way. as much here. <laughs> but I mean, I do think that that the European market is kind of ahead of the curve as far as um, EV adoption compared to the United States. So I like to think that we'll start to get cars like that over here eventually. Um, and, and I bet those markets, you know, Japan and Europe really have these smaller cars, more city focused uh, urban transportation solutions that need to happen. So they can, I think, lean into it very effectively. Whereas, you know, it's going to be tough for an American company to lean back on their history and build like a 37 foot long, you know, town car or something. Because that's inherently <laughs> not really like at the time wasn't a charming vehicle necessarily. Like, you know, it doesn't have that sort of flamboyance to it almost that some of these other cars still have. 
Yeah, Kyle standing here with a Fiat 500e, which I really wish we had oh, over that's here. Good. I mean, we did have one, but mm -hmm. the new one this has far too. Yeah, the old one was over-engineered, had a lot of Tesla-inspired tech, but the it new one... It was a great electric car, actually. If you ever need an EV for under 15 grand, a first-generation yeah, 500e is a great driving car. My manager, or my my prior manager at Tesla, before he got his Model 3, he had a 500e, and he loved it. He absolutely preached about how great of a car that I was. I see them all day for under 10 grand. Like It's, mm -hmm. it's solid if you can do that range, but this yep. new 500e... It was like 150 miles of range, which is really solid for the size. That's a, I yeah. I yeah. wish we had one here because I would highly consider that. Um, I had I a 500 for a while and loved it. I talked slow. to Kyle today about, and I specifically asked him about the 500e because I'm really intrigued by it because we don't get it here anymore. And he said it's it's a really great driving car. The interior materials are a little subpar. Basically, I was like, yeah, well, that's common. Par for the uh, but the battery pack, I think he said, was a lot bigger than like the Mini. Um, the Mini SE, I think it was around 45 or 46 kilowatt hours, wow. which is pretty big for that size. Nissan Leaf. That's good size. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the range probably would be around 160 miles per charge. Um, because that, again, that's a car that if it was over here, I would consider that for sure, because I'm looking for like a small, affordable electric car for my next vehicle um, that we get a tax credit for at least. Um, so no Model 3 standard range because Tesla does not get a tax credit anymore. But um, I would have considered the Honda E or the 500E or the Mini SE uh, Cooper <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So many E's. Yeah, a lot of E's. Well, Kyle being over there made me kind of come up with a segment that I wanted to throw in the mix just for fun to break part of news for a second. Um, so I'm calling it on the spot. Well, I kind of planned it ahead, but wish upon a foreign <laughs> car. Um, Love that. So it's very clever. Austin and I have. I like it. Austin and I have done a lot of looking, you know, browsing through JDM import sites, which, you know, is always 25 years old because that's the law. You have to import a car. 25 years or older, which is, you know, kind of a bummer. But I wanted to throw ourselves in a fantasy where we can just import any car right now, um, anything modern. And I didn't really have any parameters in mind, but let's just say like roughly 50 grand budget, like, like something you would genuinely buy, not just like something ridiculous out of that you'll never be able to afford. Um, so what is a car? Uh, I don't know. Austin, let's start with you. What would you... What would you take over here? I think if your forbidden if, fruit is <laughs> what this is. Uh, the forbidden fruit for me, I, I'm a hatchback guy through and through. Um, the GR Yaris is something that I oh. deeply wish we had here. Um, all wheel drive, turbo, hatchback. We don't get those, like not small ones at least. We get like kind of mid sized, large ones like the Focus RS and audis mm -hmm. and such and i i don't want that i want something like my fiesta but all-wheel drive um in that same token um on the on the concept or on the concept on the topic of evs i was looking into the id3 gtx which is like the hot yes. flavor yes and oh, i would yeah. probably get like one of each why not you know they're, they're not super <laughs> expensive i get a tax credit or something but i think that size hatchback is for me the sweet spot like a little bit smaller than like a golf or a focus 
Um, and I just think both of those cars look the part. I think they'd both be a blast to drive. Um, and yeah, I'm just really bummed we don't get them here. I keep seeing Addy fours and I think they are great looking they and are. I can't imagine what a little bit smaller, a little bit more nimble car would, would look like and feel like. Yeah. Basically like a, a newer golf electric, which yeah. for some reason mm-hmm. Volkswagen doesn't offer here anymore. Um, which is a shame because I agree the ID three would be on my list for sure. Well, what about you, Mike? What would you pick? So, uh, <laughs> nothing necessarily pure electric, but I'm a big wagon guy. I owned a V90 and I loved it and I miss it to this day. I do miss my V90. Um, but if I could get any European wagon, there are quite a few of them a lot more uh, options. available in, <laughs> available in Europe over here in America, though, we do not get that many wagons, but I wish Volkswagen would sell the uh, Seat Cupra Leon Sports Tour. Um, that is the one that I would have for a modern day wagon. You can get it in a plug-in or basically a Golf R 305 horsepower motor uh, wagon. And what it's a amazing. beautiful thing. Wow. That is very nice. That's good. Yeah. Wagon was close yeah. behind my small hatchback, Mike. I, 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 there's so many options for wagons that you can get over there. It's absurd. All we oh, get over there is Subaru Outbacks. It's disgusting. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that are affordable. I mean, I'm, well, I, I don't know what a Seat pricing is, but I'd imagine I could buy one of those over, let's say, you know, a Model 3 Performance, you know. And yeah. a plug-in hybrids are very popular in Europe because there's a lot of tax credits involved. So a lot of people do end up buying the plug-in over just the pure petrol or gasoline-powered uh, counterpart. And uh, even if they never actually charge it, you still get a huge tax credit at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, where are you at in this argument? Ooh. Well, this was tough. Uh, originally, <laughs> I was going to go with the because you know it's got to be French. I just think French cars are the most interesting <laughs> in general. It's, it it's not up for debate; it's a fact. Uh, and so my first thought was the um, Peugeot six hundred eight SW or five hundred eight SW GT, whatever it is. Um, they've got is very very stylish wagon. It's got the very cool yeah, it's uh, the five hundred eight you know, five hundred eight. Yeah, they've got a very good style to it. However, I made a last-minute change to the Clio V6 Renault Sport, which is the mid-engine V6-powered uh, <laughs> Renault Clio they did in, like, 2006. <laughs> wow. It's really the so kind of car I want in my life right now. It's it's newer than 25 years. Yeah. So I still at least fruit. followed the assignment slightly. <laughs> it's, uh, is this what you're talking about? <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. That is Think about slightly, it. Everything slightly I love scaled. in a car. That's Slightly that. Stale what's what's that small Volvo hatchback? That's the, the, the C30. Yeah, yeah, it kind yeah. of does. Yeah, a little it's bit. It's got that like wide, like aggressive hips in the back. It's it's awesome. great. It's everything I love about a hatchback, which is small and practical. Except the practicality has been fully removed because there's no back seats, there's no trunk. It's, it's an, an engine, engine in the back. <laughs> just an engine. <laughs> oh, and there's golf. nothing up under the hood, anyways. There's no front trunk. So the it's most just French thing for like you could fun. buy. Like golf See R if you wheel. can find a photo of it in yellow because it looks yeah, astonishingly cool in yellow. It looks like you have an R8 um, side intake. Like a lot of, <laughs> yeah. A lot of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to paint the side blades. <laughs> it's one Fun half of R8. Even though this isn't a real fact, the C30 was the coolest coupe ever sold in America, in my opinion. 
and you can get it in a manual. I think that I actually test drove one. I uh, almost bought one when I was looking for my Fiesta. I oh, think I they are hard. quite cool, uh, especially in the art design um, yes. with that contrasting color. They look wonderful. I think they look really good. And I think they also share drivetrain with the Focus RS that we did not get in the, you know, or at least the motor. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, is that turbo five cylinder, I want to say? It is, mm -hmm. yep. What a cool yeah, power. very cool. Very cool car. I love my hatchbacks. Mike, that's a wonderful. I agree. I think it's one of the coolest two-door hatchbacks we have ever gotten in the States. So I went along those quirky lines at first, Ben. And... I'm excited to see Jordan. <laughs> hey! I love the go. smart roadster. Smart, I, love, <laughs> I love the... The, what the title of this article just worse worse sports worst cars. Sports oh cars. my god! <laughs> so this was an insanely underpowered. I think it is rear wheel drive though. Like made out of it plastic. is. It was rear wheel drive. Yeah. yeah. And seeing this on Top Gear back in the day, I was oh, like, oh, that yeah, is the coolest thing ever. Didn't I wish Clarkson just rip it to shreds, but then end up loving it. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> I would do the same thing. It's got that K car mentality of like extremely underpowered, but who cares? You're smiling. You're having fun. <laughs> it's actually relatively useful. Like for a sports car, this has. Okay, more storage than a smart four two. So wow, <laughs> the bar was set pretty yes, low. What a, what a bar! If they did this electric like they did Kyle's electric smart four two, I would mm. cop that up. Um, you can actually buy these in a few years. They came out in what two thousand one or two thousand somewhere. Or has two thousand three. So still had a few years to go. But I, I may import really one. I know I'm at gonna some see point. you driving around in twenty twenty eight. So Man. I I ditched this idea and went to actual K car. So the Daihatsu Copen and the Honda S660 hey. are modern K cars I love. Um, especially the Daihatsu Copen. I'd love to have an old and a new one side by side. But these things are sweet. They have a very tractable hard top. Um, and this is actually the GR flavor because yeah, why not? Carbon carbon fiber, fiber hard top. <laughs> hey, yo. Weight like reduction. Is you need weight reduction in a car. That's small. <laughs> Yeah, it is tiny. It's awesome. I love the. Uh, let me see if I can find a rear. It looks so angry and determined. I love it. <laughs> Look at that yeah. face. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna pass someone. It's, it's it's very. I would be racing everyone in that. Even I'd be losing, but I would be winning spiritually. <laughs> like, look at that truck. Clubs in the back. Is that a golf club? <laughs> Man, they, they know how to appeal to. Uh, to wow, yeah. I wouldn't buy it just for that photo alone. <laughs> that is so a my really, tour for that. That is quite an impressive trunk opening, though I will say. Although you do lose <laughs> it entirely when you put the top down, so that's that's a thing to consider. <laughs> um, but it's really fun, and you know, I thought about the Honda S660, which is the spiritual successor to the Honda Beat. Um, that is a great looking car, which is also is really cool. I'm gonna pull car. that up here. Too. The Copen is cooler. I've seen an S660 before. At the shout out Lane Motor Museum, excellent place to go yes. if you like weird oh, yeah. cars. Everyone should visit it. How it's did like it look in uh, It looks cool, but it's not as cool as okay. That green's very cool. I will say. Yeah, that green, like yeah. red one, uh, which it, sometimes red on a car makes it look tremendous, and other times it makes it look plain or worse. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that Copen's way more uh, aggressive looking. Yeah, and the old, um, the old Copen. Like I would love having both. Like. They're super, super cool. James May did a review on it 
um, back in the day. And it's just such a fun, oh, quirky man. car. I mean, it looks older than it. Like, this is like 2005. Like, it looks older than that for some reason. It looks like a Pikachu as a car. Yeah. It does, yeah. <laughs> little dots on its cheeks. <laughs> so to pair with that, I would have a Suzuki Jimny because Colorado. Oh, there you go. Yep, there so, you go. Those are really cool, too. Yeah. Uh, well, I almost want to change my answer. I forgot about the Jimny. That's a car I do really want. <laughs> <laughs> in California, you can see Jimnys in Southern California who, you know, from owners who have driven up from Mexico because you can That's buy right. them there. So you occasionally will see them in like San Diego area. Do we just cool. need to get a uh, address in Mexico and then we can get kind of all the cars we want and just drive them up <laughs> and keep them here year round except for whenever they need to go get re-registered? That'd be good. That would be great. Yeah, I love seeing foreign cars. There's actually a whole Facebook group on foreign oh, car spotters um, that Kyle introduced. I think me Ben and I are. Yeah, we're all in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that's a blast. I did see a uh, oh, what's the Volkswagen Tareg? Or no, what was? No, so we definitely Amarok. Amarok. That was yeah. 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 It's like the wait, Tareg, Tareg sounds too normal. Like, you've seen a Tareg before. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, they're admittedly I mean, kind you, of rare, but no, I yeah, saw it, if you I saw, saw a V10 one, that'd be uh, rare. That, yeah, that that would be noteworthy. <laughs> no, I saw an Amarok <laughs> at Sprouts with Mexican plates, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's but, cool. yeah. But let's call it there. That was a great show. Thanks for joining us. A uh, solid hour of fun car talk. Um, we are on Twitter at Out of Spec, and that you can see Kyle sharing a bunch of stuff on there as well as i'll throw his twitter in here even though he's not here it's kyle connor follow him in germany it is a blast he's posting so like he's exploding his twitter it's ridiculous um i am jordan underscore schiefer and then we have mike at m underscore breeling ben is benji underscore oos and austin's on instagram at the flywheel films so thanks for joining us we'll get austin's twitter eventually and we'll see you guys (laughs) next week deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.